I think the more options you can provide to your consumer, the better. If you have a product that you know is a very, very hot seller, it's not a bad idea to take advantage of the bonded facility. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Today's podcast is brought to you by Aurelia Pay. I use them personally for sending money to my Chinese suppliers from Hong Kong. It's a cross-border payment solution between China, Hong Kong, and Southeast Asia. So when I need to make a payment to a Chinese supplier, I just hop online to place the remittance, pay to the Aurelia Pay's Hong Kong-based bank account, and Aurelia Pay will settle RMB within the same business day. So check them out online at www.aureliapay.com, A-U-R-E-L-I-A-P-A-Y.com, or check them out linked in our show notes. Happy New Year. Happy 2018, everybody. I am in the midst of family meals and, and other things, even though I'm in China. It's everybody. I mean, the, the dates are the same anywhere in the world. And I have to apologize for last week. I thought we removed some of the F words in my interview. And I quickly got noticed that uh, me and my editor and my content producer all missed that and I feel kind of embarrassed because I know they're talking about kids and my kids here I know some people have kids listening so we edited that as soon as we could and but uh, if you downloaded it early when it went live on episode 207 you heard some of my more uh, emotions in there I told you guys would be an interesting uh, interview with me and I was in a higher state so anyway apologize about that a few people have told me about it but it will be edited going forward, so only those first few days had it. And now let's talk about this week's show. We're getting the quality up and the content back going. And we have episode 208 here, globalforasia.com slash episode 208. Josh Ruskin from SF Express, Shunfeng, one of the top career companies in China. And I know in Shenzhen, I've always recognized their brand since I first moved here in 2007. I remember SF Express deliveries a lot of times for packages and overnight deliveries and anything really important. So it's great to have him. He was at our first cross-border summit in 2016, and they were also supporting us at the cross-border matchmaker. And they've been doing amazing things for the cross-border e-commerce industry here. They focus on importing into China as they have their network here, but they also have overseas logistics as well. So I know it's very important to have your logistics partner correctly set up when you're in uh, in e-commerce business or in trading or import-export. I know a lot of listeners are always asking for more logistics content. So Josh gives us a great overview of thought processes as you start and grow your e-commerce business and also some of the ideas of why things are the way they are. So without further ado, let's check it out. And always we have the show notes at globalformation.com slash episode 208. Let's tune in. Now time back for my kids. Tuning in to another Global From Asia podcast. We have with us a friend I've met a couple of years ago at our first cross-border summit. Uh, Josh Ruskin. Thanks for being here, Josh. Thanks for having me, Mike. 
Yeah, it's great. And uh, we're both Americans and we're recording on Thanksgiving Day. Of course, this won't be live on the Thanksgiving, but happy uh, happy holidays to you and everyone listening. So it's great. It's always a, always a, always a weird feeling being, uh, well, I guess outside of anybody's home country, but, you know, as we're Americans overseas or in China, there's no signs of Thanksgiving here. <laughs> and uh, so it's great to have you on the show and, and, uh, and get you in to share uh, a lot of this knowledge about logistics cross-border in and out of China. So the topic we have is bridging borders between China and the international markets. And you're, maybe you can quickly introduce yourself for the listeners, Josh. Yeah, no problem, Mike. Um, so my name is Josh Ruskin. I currently work for SF Express, which is a leading express logistics provider originally predominantly in the China market, but we've expanded overseas, which I'll talk about. Um, and so right now under their international business unit, basically focused on overseas expansion, I'm leading our business solutions team. So it's both a role of business development as well as helping to build customized solutions for key e-commerce customers. And uh, I, I started with SF actually in 2013 just a couple years after we entered the U.S. market, I, I started on our U.S. team when we were very small. And based on the way that things are going with the world and the market, especially with the China market, we found a lot of success helping overseas e-commerce players actually enter the China market with an end-to-end type solution that is more than just transportation. So. You know, that, that's what I wanted to talk about today in, in both directions, uh, both into China as well as, as outbound. So Exciting. Yeah, it's true. I mean, even the name of this show, this podcast started also in 2013. And it's also about that similar idea of global, you know, China as, and Asia has been going international. So right. it's, a, it's a, definitely a trend that's growing. And also for those, at least, at least people in China definitely know you guys. I mean, it's basically what a leading courier, right? Like it's kind of like everybody has SF documents and, and over, it's, a, it's one of the most uh, popular shipping methods for like, we send samples a lot of times, product samples in factories and China and stuff. Everything's SF always is, is very fast and reliable uh, service. So of course, you know, we're talking about e-commerce and shipping. We're going to, like I said, cover in and out uh, inside China. Of course, it's so important, right? I mean, I think, I think a lot of e-commerce sellers always say the one of the big pain points is logistics and, and making sure the supply chain is, is under control. When do you think sellers or, or e-commerce business owners should start to plan or you know, how could they plan their logistics? Yeah. So like you just mentioned, of course, when people are launching an e-commerce business, their focus is on e-commerce and, and building the site and sourcing the products. And you know, logistics does play a, a major role in that, especially in terms of customer experience. And so we've found a few things, depending on the size of your company and, and, and the model that you're trying to set up. Of course, we hope that you would consider providing various logistics options so that you don't put all of your eggs in one basket and, and planning is key. So, you know, when, we'll, when we set up with, with a new customer, we first go through a, like a due diligence process. We see what's their business model. What are they trying to accomplish? What are some of the problems that they have 
today. And whether you're working with us or another company, I'm hoping that's a conversation that you can have maybe two to four weeks in advance before launch, depending on the complexity of, of what we're trying to do. And, and even before launch, we'll, we'll also do some sort of trials. Make sure that the logistics service is up to the standard of what you're looking for and considering how the, the balance of price and service um, play into that. So again, I, I would say that Think about it. If you go to the supermarket and you buy something, uh, of course, if the supermarket is there and the products are there and the checkout is there and everything's great, that's fine. But if you don't have a car or the means to get there and bring the products back to your home, you know, <laughs> you don't that's have true. any business. So especially in e-commerce, logistics plays a huge role in that. Um, sure. So you were saying earlier, you know, that your company and other uh, is providing more than just logistics, but maybe I know people sometimes get overwhelmed or they just kind of like think what is all these different parts of the process it, it, maybe since we're talking about ex- export and import, I think yeah. there's some differences. So, right. Okay. So traditionally when people think of logistics, sometimes they just think of transportation um, and they think that it's very simple. And sometimes they don't even realize how important of a role that plays on both their suppliers and their customers in terms of brand and reputation. That's a separate topic, but logistics is turning into more than just transportation, also including customized value-added services from checkout, from the point of checkout, even cross-border payment can be included in logistics services. You know, SF, for example, we've developed a whole team within our organization just focused on finance. And a part of that is managing this cross-border transaction problem from the time of checkout in in cross-border e-commerce through delivery. So I can walk you through from checkout, of course, there's payment and managing what transportation solution is best for that product. Okay. Okay. Or what, what the customer is looking for, including pickup, export clearance from the country of origin. Okay international line haul or international flights, okay? Um, And then customs clearance, as you mentioned. I would say that's one of the biggest keys, especially for cross-borders. Managing that customs clearance process proactively, ensuring that it's stable, and ensuring that there's flexibility. I can talk about the, the China market, for example. In terms of import, their rules and laws are constantly changing. And so you have to make sure that you're working with a company that's on top of that. And and I think each country has their own laws as well. So it can get very complicated, um, but that's definitely a key is how do we manage the risk and and the problem follow-up and proactive communication and document collection to, to ensure that there's a smooth customs clearance process, okay? After customs clearance, you would hope to that your provider could handle final mile delivery, whether it's direct to your consumer or maybe to a third party warehouse like Amazon or a, a, a separate company that's managing that or the logistics company that you work with. Many of them actually provide like, I think it's called MFN service um, for businesses like Amazon as well. Um, in terms of value added services, I mentioned before, originally we just thought of logistics as transportation, right? But there are value-added services that you could expect from a logistics provider, even SF Express, which you might think is just an express company, in terms of quality inspection. So you want to inspect your product. You know, we, we have a service, for example, if to manage returns, 
if your customer received a product and they weren't happy with it, uh, you could potentially return it to our warehouse. We have experts, even if it's electronic products, cell phones, inspect what's wrong, potentially fix it and send it back to the customer or manage that return. So that would be an example of a, of a value-added service. Repacking, consolidation, there are various methods to ensure that your not only your shipping cost is low, um, but also that your duties and taxes remain low. I think there's a combination of ensuring that you balance logistics fees, shipping fees, as well as duties and taxes, depending on, for example, the size of your shipment or how much can you pack into one box, depending mm-hmm. on the country, depending on the rules, there are ways to maximize that to your benefit. So, you know, we, we've done things inserting materials into a box for promotional purposes, if that's something customers are looking for, warehouse management, and, and making the ensuring that the collection of documents for customs clearance can happen smoothly. For example, WeChat is a tool that a lot of Chinese people use. How can we leverage that to proactively collect documentation, maybe with an e-signature or getting some form of identification online or through your phone instead of the traditional method, which was receiving a phone call and, and, and having to fax some sort of signed document for, for import clearance. So again, it gets complicated. It's different for import and export, but the key is it's more than just trucking or, or putting a shipment on a plane. There, mm-hmm. there are other levels of service that you should at least know are out there um, to ensure that your customer receives the, um, the best service, right? Or best customer experience. Got it. Yeah. There's so much to it. I know that's why it's hard to, yeah. hard to fit yeah. into, a, into, a, into a one show, but the idea you kind of led into it here, but you're hinting towards uh, it's more than just the cost of the shipping, right? You're saying right. The, there's the customs clearance, the time, of course, keeping the customer happy, tracking right. tracking numbers that actually give some information about what's happening. Right, right. <laughs> tracking is key, definitely, definitely. So I don't know if you want to share some of that kind of different variables people can look at when deciding, you know, price. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so I think... Um, it, depending on the business model, so there are different models that people would be looking for. One is they're shipping direct to consumer, okay? And in this space, the everyone wants the cheapest shipping. They don't want to pay duties and taxes, and they want <laughs> the highest level of customer service, full track and trace. They want to know exactly what's going on every step of the way, and they hope that there are no hiccups, okay? And unfortunately, that's very difficult to, to provide, right? But... There are ways, like I mentioned, to minimize the risk and provide stable end-to-end service with high track and trace. So, for example, you know, SF provides one airway bill door-to-door, and the customer can go online, whether it's through our app, whether it's through our online tracking system, and they can see exactly where their shipment is every step of the way, including customs clearance. And other companies do that. There are some companies that are like consolidators where they're pulling different logistic solutions and combining them into one. And so what they have to do is pull tracking events from different service providers every step of the way and then provide that to their customer. And that can become complicated. It it might not be as efficient as possible. So, you know, when you're looking for a provider, that's a key point is from your customer experience and What's the easiest thing? And I would say finding 
one solution end to end, full track and trace with one service provider would be the ideal way to go. In terms of um, customs clearance and duties and taxes, one thing I wanted to mention was, you know, every country is different. Some countries distinguish between B2C or e-commerce direct to consumer type personal shipments versus B2B, which is the traditional method of shipping. Uh, For example, China on April 8th of 2016, they officially launched a new customs clearance rule for import that says if you're buying something from overseas through e-commerce and the value is below 2,000 renminbi per shipment and you can provide an ID copy or actually an ID number, you receive certain duty and tax benefits because this is a personal size shipment, okay? Whereas if you're shipping B2B, you're going to receive a 17% value-added tax, as well as duties on top of that. So it's a way that the government distinguishes between B2B and B2C. So that's something to look into as well. If you're focused on e-commerce, there are ways to gain duty and tax benefits throughout the way. In the U.S., for example, they don't distinguish between the two. It's very simple. They say it's it's simply based on the, on, on the value of the ship. And so, again, <laughs> there are various ways to, to uh, ensure that you're paying the lowest duties and taxes possible while still paying them. You know, got it, got I don't know if I answered that question completely, but I think it's, 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 it's good. I mean, I think we could also define, yeah, I liked how you brought up the new policies. Well, not so new now, but yeah, April, 2016, that was actually right when our, we met at a conference that was coming right. out and a lot of people were always curious about cross-border into China e-commerce B2C. Uh, and then there's, there's also this free trade zones right. involved. I don't know if that's a factor. I mean, I guess cross-border into China B2C doesn't really utilize or does it? You know, Yeah, the- so, right. So you can look at it in two ways. Depending on the business model, you can either send directly from the overseas supplier all the way to the consignee or the buyer in China. And that would still go through the cross-border B2C channel. Okay. Or you can store your SKUs in a bonded facility that's in China so that as soon as the customer places the order, maybe it's on a Chinese platform or an overseas platform, uh, it's fulfilled and sent within one or two days. And and the benefit is really faster transit time. One of them would originate at the border in China and one would originate from overseas. But in terms of duty and tax and track and trace, it's very similar. Now, one thing I, I would like to mention is a lot of people think that you need to store your shipment, your, your SKUs in a bonded facility to do cross-border e-commerce to China. And that's absolutely not true. In fact, Chinese consumers, there's some value in the Chinese consumers seeing that the shipment originated from overseas. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bit of a trust issue in China. Yeah. And, um, you know, when they go into a, when a Chinese person goes into a store, I'm sure you experience this. If you walk into a store and you buy something, especially a consumable product, whether it's for your kid or mm-hmm. for yourself, you're not 100% sure where it came from. And that can be scary, especially for mothers, prenatal supplements and things like that. And so I would say that the average consumer, I read this in a market study, is willing to wait a few extra days to ensure that their shipment originated overseas from the time that they placed the order instead of originating in a, in a bonded warehouse. Now, that doesn't mean that if you have a booming business that it's not beneficial to have some hot selling items that are in China that can be delivered within one or two days. Right. But it's not the only way to do it. I would say. Agree. 
Yeah, it's it's funny. Like, uh, I'm a I'm a parent here, and I I'm uh, often c- carrying hand stuff over from Hong Kong. Like, right. baby milk powder is one of my more popular posts on my social media because it's it's funny, but it's almost yeah. kind of true because you know, it, just to kind of give listeners an idea, right? Like, the bonded warehouses or free trade zones are are tax free, and they come from overseas and there's you know, like you said waiting until somebody buys it and then shipped fast but still uh like you said chinese have this huge trust issue right well there have been cases where you think it's coming from a bonded warehouse but really it's a fake or counterfeit product that's oh, no. quick, right so horrible yeah <laughs> yeah there's so that's where the brand reputation of the logistics company can play a big factor as well I think Chinese consumers are very sensitive to that. And so we found success where just by seeing a brand that they recognize and trust. That's true, right? They're inclined to purchase. Yeah, that makes sense. Because like I said earlier, you guys do have a really good brand in China. So when something comes at the door and it's an SF Express, you you guys have usually the uniforms. It's very professional. So people, people can trust it. Wasn't like, that's crazy. I didn't hear that before, but yeah, some, it could happen at the logistics center, maybe a warehouse, or the shipping could be swapping a goods. So that's that's pretty pretty wild. There's all these stories, and anything's possible here. It seems in China. Yeah, and and I think that the we're moving. China's moving in a direction away from that, but unfortunately, the reality is that it still exists. So, mm. so we kind of you know I, I always try to move into these questions naturally. So I was the next topic is the size of the or turnover of the company, the e-commerce company, and maybe the type of logistics solutions that they should use. Yeah. I think, of course, like we did hint towards that with the free trade zone and maybe hot selling products, maybe inside either free trade zone or, or uh, even inside of China cleared yeah. already. Uh, is there some kind of system or, or, or formula? I don't think there's a formula. I think each company and each situation is a bit different. One thing I do want to mention is that for people that are maybe just starting and don't have a lot of volume, there's this impression that if your volume is low for e-commerce, you can't negotiate a reasonable rate for shipping. Um, And today, you know, e-commerce is booming. I think that at least we see that there could be potential in a new or a startup through e-commerce, maybe they don't have a booming business today. And we'll say, Hey, for a certain period of time, we're willing to, we'll work with you and and try to keep your logistics solution. I'm not going to say cheap, but maybe cheaper than what you would expect. Okay. If your volume is very low, Uh, because if you can grow, we can grow. I think one of our core values is this double win. And so, with whatever provider you're talking to, I would urge you to show them your two-year plan or your growth plan, even six-month plan, right? And, and if they have faith that there's opportunity to grow with you, you know, that's, that's a benefit for both companies. I think they'll give you some, some, uh, some benefits. So it makes sense. that's one thing in terms of, in terms of the rates. And, and you mentioned, you know, when you're just starting, you don't necessarily need to take advantage of the overseas warehouse model 
If you don't know what items are hot sellers yet, it's okay, especially in e-commerce. We find that consumers are willing to wait, you know, maybe seven to 10 days, uh, maybe a, a little less. As long as the service is stable, the customer service is, is reliable, you can send directly from your supplier to your end consignee. So. Okay. Makes, makes, makes sense. And then would you, so on the import side, uh, then there's the free, the bonded warehouse. I've, yep. I've had people ask me too. It's like, there's, this, there's speed and quality. Um, should it keep maybe multiple stock, like in different ones for different, you know, supply chain issues or, or speed or even options to the buyer could, if, if they prefer. Yeah, I think, um, I think, if, of course, the more options you can provide to your consumer, the better. Okay. They, they like options. Yeah. Uh, I would say if you have a product that you know is a very, very hot seller, it's not a bad idea to take advantage of the bonded facility for those SKUs. Mm. That ensures the fastest lead time. Um, if, if you can give your customer the option of also selling those directly from the country, you could do that too. You could do that too. But again, there's that lead time and cost can be mm-hmm. a, a bit better if you, the closer you get to your consumer. But then there's the, the issue of trust. So really it depends on the product. If you're selling milk powder or something for a baby, health supplements, it doesn't necessarily need to be stored in a bonded solution, uh, bonded warehouse. As I mentioned before, there's some value in sending it directly from overseas. But if it's a product, sweaters or something that you're wearing that you don't, of course you care about the quality, but it's not <laughs> kill you, right? Uh, you you may benefit from storing it in the in the bonded facility. But again, there are charges, storage fees, fulfillment fees. So if you're just starting out, the key point is it's okay if you're sending directly from your supplier from your own warehouse overseas. That's very common today. Uh, especially for companies that are starting, even companies we have, we have customers shipping thousands and thousands of shipments a day that don't take advantage at all. This is all cross-border e-commerce to China, thousands of shipments a day, and they don't take advantage at all of the bonded warehouse. So Mm. that's not the only route to take, right? Okay. So technology, I know e-commerce sellers always love integrations, you know, streamlining to reduce reduce errors and so i don't i notice and there's so many different shopping carts and solutions but i mean maybe we can give some people some some ideas of some online uh integrations or solutions for streamlining this kind of these different yeah so, so so something for e-commerce especially coming into china is we try to depending on what the customer is looking for we can do anything from providing you with a software that's totally separate from your um, existing platform with no API or electronic data interface or exchange to a f- full, robust, real-time data exchange. And that would include the passing of information, tracking, collecting customer information in real time. Something that we're doing today is we're integrating directly with customs so that at the time that the order is placed, it's passed from the e-commerce platform to us, okay? Um, the payment is integrated directly into customs as well. And so that when the shipment arrives at the customs gateway, there's no need for this, you know, two-day clearance time and inspection because customs already knows what's coming. 
It's like a pre-registration process, and it's all done through electronic data uh, exchange and, and, and a pretty robust integration. So that's something that I hope e-commerce companies, whether you're just starting or you're already already have booming business to China, that, that you would look into this option. Um, it's pretty powerful to ensure that your end-to-end door-to-door solution is stable, especially that customs clearance part. Um, when it comes to duty and taxes, we hope that during the checkout process, you can collect those duty and taxes in advance, okay, and work with your logistics provider to come up with a way where they're billing you, you know, after the fact on a monthly or by weekly basis. Um, okay. You know, again, it's all about customer experience. And the more that you can do upfront and through applications or through your website, including logistics and collecting this documentation and calculating duties and taxes, uh, the better. Yeah. So, right. So it's totally awesome. So I'll try to also reiterate just so people understand, make sure they got it was, so basically you, uh, you know, we get listeners or, or readers of the show uh, blog uh, contacting us, and they're they're getting a lot of Chinese customers buying from their websites naturally. Yeah. They're finding them even in English language and and buying, and they want to try to grow grow that more. So, I think because one of the big questions is, what will the buyer get this big surprise tax bill to collect their goods? So you you could also offer a solution where the Chinese buyer would know what their taxes will be, pay it. And then you or or logistics company, uh, other ones could also collect that, and then the seller pays. So the e-commerce company pays, so that the Chinese customer just gets the goods delivered without any unknown taxes that could be charged to them when they get it. Exactly. And uh, one more thing I want to mention is you know we're SF Express, which traditionally is an express company. But in recent years, we've shifted. Actually, our name has been changing to focus on technology. Right now, our headquarters in Shenzhen is in Tech Park. Um, We're not like your traditional old school logistics player. We have a massive, massive IT team. I think right now it's around 2,000 IT professionals, and that's growing. Um, We're getting into drone technology, as well as the final mile delivery all integrated through cell phone, real-time track and trace. These are things that customers are looking for today, as well as payment. So, you know, you'll see a shift, especially when you're trying to find a provider for e-commerce. I think it's important to look for a company that that is moving in that IT direction. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's definitely some a smart move, a smart investment as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you you were you were just mentioning a little bit. Let's uh, let's talk about SF Express a little bit. Uh, it's it's a Shenzhen based company here and where we both are, and uh, it's going global now. And maybe you can just share a little bit about about the business. Yeah, so uh, we started in 1993. It was uh, actually started as a, a cross border logistics hand carried service between Hong Kong and Shenzhen and Guangdong. And our current CEO, we actually just IPO'd last year. I believe the initial market cap was around 36 billion U.S. dollars. So that happened very recently. Until then, it was privately owned by our current CEO, who's you know he has a he's a reputable businessman uh, in the Chinese and in the world actually. And uh, we became one of the leaders 
if not the leader in terms of express logistics throughout China. Uh, we pride ourselves on having the, the most widespread network of delivery coverage in China. We're really focused on mastering that customer experience and final mile delivery solution. So we're built on our delivery men. We actually don't call them delivery men. We call them business associates. They're responsible nice. to grow the business. And so, and they have ownership in that. And I think we've been very successful at, at expanding relatively quickly over 25 years. Now, you know, you'll see our trucks everywhere in Shenzhen, but even if you're in a random remote village in Western China, you'll see SF vehicles, uh, service stations, and, and people delivering packages. So it's a, it's a pretty cool feeling. In 2010, we really started to expand globally. And so we don't have, at this point, we don't have the same brand recognition overseas as we do in China, but we're getting there, especially in, in cross-border e-commerce for customers that are targeting Chinese consumers. So one thing I wanted to mention there is, um, I think as, a, as an overseas e-commerce brand, there are some names that stick out when I want to find a logistics provider, right? And those are the companies that I would be most comfortable working with if I owned an e-commerce website. And to be honest, you know, I've been coming to China since 1998, actually, but I wasn't very familiar with SF Express until recently when they've had more press and, and, and things. So I think, you know, people overseas don't necessarily know that there's a, a leader in a country with such a reputable brand. And so if you're a, an overseas e-commerce website targeting a specific market, definitely look into who can you partner with that's going to provide a logistic solution to those consumers? You know, it's not necessarily the company that you think. And that doesn't mean that, great, you know, that they're not good, right? But so, yeah, so now we, we say we're in over 200 countries and regions throughout the world. We have our own delivery network in various countries in Southeast Asia, in major cities within the U.S. as well. And we've also partnered with some of the top service providers that specialize in, in different regions. So it's been exciting. We've grown a lot. And um, if you don't know much about us, I, I urge you to look us up online, sf-express.com. Uh, you can read about our international expansion as well. So Great. Yeah, we'll link it up. We'll link it up on the show notes in the, in the blog as well. And thanks so much, Josh. So, so then you, we talked a lot about import and cross-border. Uh, yeah. Maybe we can just let people know what types of services listeners would be best suited for for your services. So you can yeah, do so, both, right? Yeah, so we do both. And so we're trying not to sell just service, which traditionally was known as transit time, right? So you'll say, oh, uh, priority service is three to four days and you know, economy services seven to 10 days. We're more focused on an, an end-to-end total solution for e-commerce, and that's coming into China. And with that, you would get door-to-door transportation, smooth customs clearance. If you want to go through that, you know, automized pre-registration process with customs, we can walk you through that and help you go through the steps involved to make that happen. Uh, if you don't want to do that, we have other solutions as well that don't require as much IT work. So that's coming into China, and I would say that's focused on, on e-commerce. It's Right now, we say around 7 to 10 days door-to-door transit time. If you do go through a more robust integration with customs, we can get it to around 5 days door-to-door. But again, mm-hmm. it, it depends on your products and, and, 
and how much work is involved like, in setting that up. For export, we've also been very successful helping customers that are sending to Amazon through the Amazon FBA program. Um, in 2018, we're really focusing on how can we improve that service, provide the best value-added services to our customers in terms of quality assurance and making sure that you're saving costs and, and that you're not receiving unexpected hiccups when it comes to connecting with Amazon's program. You know, that, that's a, a trend in the past few years. So <laughs> it's uh... definitely taking advantage of that. And, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time talking about China inbound, but if you're interested in China outbound, especially through Amazon or other platforms, we do provide various service levels, overseas warehouse management as well. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one big case, uh, you guys talked about it at the cross-border matchmaker last month, uh, was the IERP is, I think you can talk about them a little bit, the case study. They yeah. Did. So IHerb is, uh, one of the leading e-commerce health supplement companies in the U S and they ship all over the world. And in recent years, they've received a lot of traction in the China market. And something that I think they did that made them successful, number one, they set up a, a website in Chinese. So, you know, most companies start with an English version, but once you transition the language, the payment capabilities, if you can accept union pay and WeChat pay, that's very powerful to Chinese mm-hmm. consumers. They even got to the point Definitely. where they set, up, they, they set up an entity in China and have a team here for customer service. So Amazing. They were very, very successful at that. We've seen tremendous growth with them. And again, health supplements is one of those products that Chinese consumers value buying from overseas. They can ensure that the quality is is high. So, you know, with uh, iHerb and and similar companies, as the Chinese customs rules have changed, we've remained flexible. We have various gateways that we clear through. So, you know, if especially on April 8th, many companies panicked because mm-hmm. they had all of their shipments stored in a bonded facility and, and then they got shut down with the duty and tax yep. brackets changed and they couldn't figure out how to fulfill their orders. Certain logistics companies either disappeared and many e-commerce players were also affected by that. Yep. In our case, we were able to, to manage that within one or two days, shift everything to an alternative gateway through an alternative clearance model that still maintain relatively low duties and taxes for their customers. We helped collect proper documentation that was required for those changes to happen. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty interesting. Awesome. Well, Josh, this has been a great, great, uh, great interview. Thank you so much for sharing. And and so, as you said, people interested, sf-express.com. Is there other ways? Uh, is that the best way to contact with you guys? Or? Uh, yeah, I can give you my personal emails or my work email separately. Maybe you okay. can put that in the notes as well. Sure. I'll put it in the notes. Yeah. Okay. All right, Josh. Thanks so much. And, uh, Good. thanks Mike. All right. Thanks Josh for sharing. And we, we talked about some things that, you know, are not often talked about online and I'm just here to share and be the host and, and thank you everybody. 2017 was a great year and lots of amazing things happening. We got Cross Border Summit coming up, third annual, April 20th and 21st, 2018, for this new year. Yeah, my kids are excited. So we're all excited. Wendy's working hard. We've been working hard, talking to amazing people. Got early bird tickets sold from last year, 2017. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of you guys there. 
Thanks for your support. And I know it's a trip over here. So if you're not able to make it, we do have online passes and we also have other ways to engage with Global From Asia here and the community. So keep on listening, keep on enjoying, and I appreciate it. And uh, sometimes we have some rough patches with the editing here, but yeah, the kids are excited here. And we just keep going forward. And I'm going in hard in 2018. Hope you guys are too. Thanks again for listening. Signing up. Take care. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.